official episode of Strange Thoughts with Mr. Enigma. I got my friend here today with a lot of opinions. <laughs> friend to you and I. Friend. Hello, friend. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> she wants to rename anonymous. Well, not exactly anonymous, but, but like... We all need jobs currently, so... <laughs> yeah, that's Maybe of... this takes off one day and we don't have to, like, care about that kind of shit anymore. We can have all our stuff out there. I mean, like, I have the YouTube thing so you can see my face Oh yeah, so all of that, but it's... Oh, yeah, just... shout out the uh, bald bitches. Yeah, I guess you could call them Lainey. Lainey. Yeah, Lainey, there we go. <laughs> they call me that at work, too, so I Does guess... anyone call you Panda anymore? No. No? Who the fuck ever called me I'll call you Panda. You. <laughs> <laughs> they called me that a little bit in high school, too. So if you feel fat, I'm like... That, that's not how I came to the... I don't even know how we came up with it. Maybe yeah, you. Yeah. I can't remember. You just called me Panda one day, and I'm like, fuck, no, why? <laughs> also, if uh, Lainey's, so so weird, I, don't, I never call you that, but Lainey's <laughs> son over here, David, say what's up, David? He's not gonna, he's, he's cool. just gonna hear. He never, he, anytime he knows something's recording, he's just kind of like, nah, that ain't gonna get me. <laughs> I can't open this generation. I know everything stays recorded. They're going to look back to my baby records and go, you say Goo Goo Gaga <laughs> on the 14th. What baby have you ever heard say Goo Goo Gaga? He, he actually goos sometimes. Well, yeah, but he doesn't go he Gaga. He doesn't do Gaga. He doesn't do Gaga. No, he just says, like, Goo. He's like, no, no, Mommy Monster. I don't want the Gaga followers. You say Goo on the 17th and 19th. You heard, uh, 2019, do you uh, want to explain yourself in your tone? Uh, well, I was a baby, so uh, <laughs> that should be your first indication. Pretty much. Uh, Alright, so today we have uh, what, three topics, you said? Which one did you want to start off with? I know we were going to talk about Cardi B um, drugging people. I was about to say allegedly, because everything's always usually allegedly. That's what she said. But she, she still said it. <laughs> <laughs> so. We're going to talk about Cardi B and what she says she's done, and then some things she says she hasn't, but she did. So that's also, one of them. Uh, Jordan Peele saying he does not, he doesn't see himself casting the light lead in any of his stuff. Yeah, and then um, I have a topic directly after that. It's gonna piss the whole world off, but that's fine. Okay. <laughs> it's related. <laughs> uh, all right. So yeah, uh, the Cardi B perspective. I, I definitely want to start with that one first too because like, what's interesting. I was gonna lead it up. I was leading off with this since we started talking. Man, you're gonna do this. And then I saw a, a rapper. In between that, somebody, an older, older rapper named Jean Grey, named after the Marvel character, uh, was spelled differently. And she was like, that. "Don't call me female rapper. Just call me rapper." She's always been about that. She's like, she's about like woman empowerment. But as far as like, she's just being, she's rapping because like she does. She has in, in rap circles. She has known to like be able to keep up with a lot of the dudes and like come from a battle past too. Like kind of like Roxanne Chante back in the eighties, like battling like. Keeping up on the streets, so like a lot of times, you hear like, how confused oh. you sound even during that, though. You're like, She's like, Don't call me female, I'm just a rapper, but I'm female empowerment, and then it's like female empowerment. Oh, but she, well, I wasn't confused, but I mean, it makes sense to me what she's saying, but it, it kind of does. But I mean, like, if you're about female empowerment, just be a fucking female, dude. And see, and that's a perspective in itself, like, that's why I want to get my you know, I'm a dude, so I can't have like, but so I'm, I'm limited <laughs> in scope. You know, even though I was raised by a woman and I like playing like feminist stuff and all that kind of stuff, there's only so much. I'm a guest in <laughs> all female conversations. You're invited to the <laughs> So, 
Yeah, it's always good to have a, a woman's perspective on that. And I noticed, like, uh... Well, that's how we met. You said some shit, and I was like... That's nothing but testosterone. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> All here's, the time. here's the female perspective. <laughs> you all suck. <laughs> so, like, I, I, I definitely want to get it, get this in with, with Cardi, um, because, like, I kind of agree coming in that, like, a lot of dudes in the rap game have been... Like, I remember top topics we had, like, when I used to have rap conversations with my friends, I still have rap conversations about, like, oh, yeah, like, this dude probably murdered people. We are having a rap conversation <laughs> literally right, right now. now. <laughs> like, like, we listen to people and be like, you know, yeah, like, especially when it comes to, like, questioning somebody's character, it's like, oh, no, that guy's not really about it, but, like, you know the game, like, probably murdered people. Well, and, like, that was, like, a bad, that was, like, then, something to just claim his credentials for that person to make him, like, I don't know, it was really weird how we used to, like, kind of, Categorizing is still kind of categorizing about who's real and who's not. So right. it feels kind of unbalanced of Cardi, like all this attention on her and what she did. Well, there's attention on everybody and what's been going on recently. <clears throat> Sorry, I gotta clear my throat. Cat, Jesus. Um, I have a cat, she's very loud. She's Siamese, you'll hear her. Um, <laughs> no, but it's like I slipped Molly in her champagne. She ain't even know I took her home and enjoyed that. Which Rick Ross tried to, de- tried to defend her, and I'm like, no, Rick. This isn't your conversation. <laughs> we had this conversation with you already. <laughs> you, you don't ever say this. Right, no. It's like trying to tell somebody something. You're like, no, honey. No. You're already in trouble. Well, it's like the thing. It's like fucking... I forgot his name for three seconds and then thought put him. Uh, Bill Cosby. Fucking... He lost everything. But yeah, he drugged and raped women yeah and then where do we make this this crucial divide where it's like i did things i had to do i drugged and robbed men you had to do that you fucking had to i've been mm, i don't know if i can say that i probably can say that i've been around a lot of drugs in my life and i never had to do any of them i chose to do some of them (laughs) Mostly psychedelics, it's okay, kids. But fucking no, like, I had to drug them, I had to rob them. Like, I understand having to steal. You know what I stole when I was a kid? I stole food. Because I had to eat. I didn't steal a Rolex, because I had to get my nails done to be a stripper. I was also, like, eight, but still, you know. Yeah. I, I like and see and, and then it gets into like this weird territory about like what people have to do and what they don't have to do because like uh, and, and this is this is this is why the podcast previously named bringing it back around is like go one way to try to like this is just how I am that's how I do talking circles I really that's what he's trying circles. to say to you is that he talks see, in circles see I can't really describe it like, <laughs> if I'm going around in that way so <laughs> that's why people like leanies around the way oh, get me back on the path I feel like in yeah. life you drive it on a roundabout and you just never know where to exit. I really don't but, um, so, like, like uh, it gets into this weird territory. Like, first and foremost, we love the narrative of doing what you have to do to survive. As as a American culture. I mean, it dates all the way back to the 1930s, Scarface. Like, like this whole, or, or the, 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 the obsession, the love, the fan base that Bonnie and Clyde had. And they had bodies. It's been questionable whether or not people question these days whether or not Bonnie actually had killed anybody. I think it might, might just be the two dudes and the one, I believe, Clive's brother's wife. I can't think of her name. Um, 
I literally have no idea. Like, but, I never really followed that. But the, there was, oh my God, there was such fanfare around it. And like, even now, they, they looking back at it, and this is kind of like off topic, but they, they looking back at it and questioning the detectives of the case and whether or not, you know, what, what, you know, what they were really doing as yeah. far as if they were following the law. So, and so it even goes, and I say it's only kind of off topic because then that goes into the other side of the law of like, oh, these detectives get a passport, they did Bonnie and Clyde because they did what they had to do to carry out justice. So now we have the vigilante narrative as well. And that's also breaking the law because like we love it on both sides. We I, love Batman as much as we love Scarface. I don't give shit about the law. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, don't at me, but I just, I just try not to be an asshole. I think the biggest thing that goes on with serial killers, with people that are famous, with people that had a hard knocks to like, we started from the bottom, now we here, wheelchair Jimmy nonsense, fucking. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, it's like wheelchair Jimmy. He's like, oh, I'm Drake. I'm like, nah, honey, you wheelchair Jimmy. You wheelchair Jimmy to me. But no, it's like we romanticize these things because we, we would never do them. We would never murder somebody. We would never go on a crime spree and rob people. We would never, and then it like it translates on the other side to celebrities. Like, oh yeah, we are never gonna live in a mansion. I live in a fucking two bed apartment. Cool. I like it's like we want people that live these big, loud, crazy lives just because we don't. We can't. I can't get up tomorrow and be like, all right, I'm done at my nine to five, and I. I'm going to go be a prostitute and drug people and rob them for their money. But when I was in jail, I was in jail with some prostitutes. I got arrested for a parking ticket. And that... I just thought steps to the car, you were saying? Well, yeah, and it was a lot... Like, I had some interesting conversations. And they ended up nicknaming me Switzerland. Because I'm really a neutral party. Like, you know, if... That's what you feel like you have to do to make money. Go for it. And I asked them for their stories. I said, you know what? Why don't you tell me? Oh, this is you. Yeah, this is me. Oh, okay. Literally me. I was in jail for a parking ticket. It was just a thing. So here in lovely Nevada, I'm gonna tell you, if you have a parking ticket, please pay it, because it if you don't, it turns into a bench warrant. Unlike in Virginia, where if you don't pay it, it goes to Sally Mae Collections. Here you go to jail. And sometimes you go to jail with like 60 prostitutes at the same time. So it was pretty interesting. And I asked them, I'm like, you know, tell me, you know, what is something that happens? Like, what is funny? And I had a lot of conversations similar to like what Cardi B had said. It was just like, you know, these people and we went up there and we were partying and we drugged them and we robbed them. And it was just, it was just like so okay for them to say that. And me, here I am, I'm real short, I'm gonna let you know, I'm not really an imposing person. I might sound imposing. I probably dealt my voice is like a mouse or something and I just don't know it. It's low in my head, <laughs> I promise. But it was just like. No, you're mad. <laughs> no, I sound like Batman. <laughs> Everybody else's voice is like raises up an octave and yours just goes down. <laughs> I'm possessed by a demon so it comes out <laughs> no but uh god I can't even no but it was just like 
I even said something then. And I was just like, did you have to? No, we wanted to. We wanted what they had and we took it. And there's a difference that I think that a lot of people need to understand. Need. Need versus want. Mm. You need something, right? You need to eat. Maybe you stole some food in your past. You want lots of money. You want to live in a mansion. You want to be able to go on a crime spree and go across the country and murder people. And I'm gonna tell you right now, you don't need to. Any of you serial killers listening right now, maybe don't do that. But it's just like... <sighs> I think I get what you mean as far as, uh, if, you, if, you, if you don't mind me interjecting. Interject. Um, as far as, um, cause it gets, so I've always had an inter- interesting hey. relationship with like, uh, That's, uh, that's baby making noise. He wants to get in on a conversation when he's got his bottle on his mouth, trying to alcohol it up right now. He's homie. <laughs> he doesn't have alcohol. I say he looks like an alcoholic because, like, that's what they all babies look like alcoholics. They, they lean back, they look all drugged out as they get tired from the milk that they're, like, gulping at an insane rate. <laughs> but, um, um, I always had, like, an interesting relationship with, like, uh, Especially with hip hop, especially the gangster hip hop, like coming up with, uh, I don't really know where my brothers fall on the curve because, like, I knew my parents came up poor. I knew they weren't, didn't have, like, they probably had maybe a fraction of the money they had by the time I was born raising my siblings. Um, especially because they're both single. Even my dad being in the military, he was coming from Vietnam, so that was before the capital stuff actually, you know. Came about the military. My dad. Everybody wants to sit there and be like, "Oh, they bred a party for the military." Nobody really is. When you come from a military family, you actually know that no party really is. But I like that. I can see every time we start that argue because it gets like way. <laughs> 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 um, but he um, they, they so they, they both had their own struggles as single parents and this and that and other. So I don't know. What got my brothers involved with some of the activities they got in growing up? Like, I, but I know one, like one of my brothers, my oldest brother, got his shootouts and different shit like that. And like, I came up confused when I would see like cop cars and stuff because I was spoiled and I came up like privileged. <laughs> so like, you know, I have like what I the privilege I have is like middle, you know, I guess middle class military male kind of privilege. Mm-hmm. Um, I recognize that in a lot of a lot of circles. And so, like, I had to figure out how I could listen to gangster hip-hop and relate to it. Like, why I was listening to it, besides the fact that I had been raised on, like, remember my brother and stuff, like, the Tupac and stuff. And, and my, my middle brother, well, middle as far as they, they're all older than me, but my middle brother, he, uh, not middle brother. Yeah, my middle brother and my and the youngest one, they weren't, they kind of flirted with, like, that kind of, like, stuff. having those friends grow up in the area that we grew up in, like, this kind of, like, na- I call it a neighborhood in decline because we didn't grow up in the hood. But we were like hood adjacent because this it was a neighborhood had been around, but it was quickly becoming like a hood. I just wanted to let you know he's talking with his hands. I do it all the time. So <laughs> you can't see it, but he's really emphatic right now. He's gesturing wildly. <laughs> just so you can feel me through the <laughs> Um, and so like, like you know, I had to. I, I looked at it and I had to like make sense of it growing up, and then as I could like my thoughts get in order and like start to like connect the dots and rationalize fully what it was about it that I could relate to and I think it's the same way even people who don't have the same experiences I have 
look at stuff if they're an empathetic person, they can sit there and go, I can't imagine myself ever doing that shit, but I can't say that I wouldn't if I was in that position. But that starts going into the need. One thing, if it's a need, that's a whole other thing. But you, like, but you're saying as far as like when you decide to take it to an extra extreme, because like the Bloods and Crips, they might have started off as like a neighborhood protection against like fucked up cops and people trying to do racial shit to them in neighborhood. But they chose to start selling drugs. They chose, to, you know, what I'm saying all this kind of. They then, also chose to start selling what is it, blood pop? Blood pop. Because I was like, I was gonna put blood pop. And I, I texted her before this, and I was gonna. I told her I was gonna like work it into the conversation somehow. I get it. And this is <laughs> just getting get into it. it. Um, no, because they, they like they, they even Killer Mike is somebody who like recognize Killer Mike is somebody who I love. I love Running Jewels and I love Killer Mike because I feel like Killer Mike is exactly the perspective that I come from, or not or as close as as I can as far as a representative, 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 and uh, this culture, this hip hop culture. He grew up middle class. His dad was a police officer. Uh, he somehow I don't know if the family started getting broke after his dad left the fort. I don't really know what happened, but like. From my knowledge, and listening to Killer Mike talk, I don't know if his dad got phased out of the force because he wasn't like down with some of the racial shit going down on the force. But like he made this distinction of like, in anytime he's talking about like police brutality, he's like, look, I'm coming from a police family. My dad was a cop. When I sit there and say like I don't like you, I'm saying like I'm feeling like you're disrespecting the dad because I've seen my dad go through the shit. Good. That's his perspective. So when, and so when he starts talking, to, yeah, and so when he and he starts talking about like. Uh, I don't, I don't really know when. I think he said something about him doing some like illicit shit coming up. So I don't know what drove him to that. So but then he got out of it, and now he's right. looking at the Bloods and Crips, and he's like, "Look, I know where y'all started, and I know what you think you need to do." But the same way, like Jay Z might sit there and go, "Look, I sold just my mind," but then he has a line where it's like, "Hope did that so that you don't have to," like shit like that. Where, where Jay Z is like, "Look, I did what? all this stupid, horrible shit," okay. and I'm saying when I talk about this, is to show you that it's not. Glorified that I hated every single. Where do of it. we separate the person from the art? Because yeah, you might be artist and you might say these things and you might never have done them. But where do we separate the people who have? You before can that say, was a harder question, but today I believe it goes into how much the artist wants to get to themselves, especially like in a social media age where you have people who who explicitly don't have social media accounts, don't do interviews. They specifically go, look, I don't want to be involved in, like, I don't want you thinking that you know me. Right. So, and, and you don't know me. Like, and then people who even do that still, like, I heard Kevin Smith sit there talk about, look, you get this, and I may talk, like, a whole shit. Some people know I love to fucking talk, but I'm letting you know, even with, like, a million podcasts on my network, this is the Kevin Smith's face you know. So when I got fans coming up to me and they're, like, disappointed about who Kevin Smith is as a person, like, look, I'm telling you now. You think you only know a fraction of me, even though you see me every day, posting every day. This is edited, cut, posted, so that you have it in a specific form. But this isn't I post uncut me. Pictures like, from Snapchat right all the time, and I'm gonna tell you right now, I don't look like a fucking deer. You know what I mean? Like it's <laughs> all filtered through. So it, it really, is. it really depends on how much you give to. Right. You, you the artist decides now. Well, let's talk about it because she. She bragged about it. I used to drug men when I did this, and I would rob them. Okay, you want to brag about that? Fine. But let's talk about some other shit. Let's talk about social media. Fucking the face that she put on. And then, oh my gosh, it's forever. The internet is goddamn forever. 
and I'm going to tell you exactly what's going on. So let's talk about Cardi B, and I'm going to tell you why I think she's a trash piece of fucking, like, she's a trash human being. And I'm going to tell you why right now. You can say something, and you can't ever take it back, right? Like, fart, hmm. If I didn't have a baby in the house, you'd hear me throwing some glass. I'd say sorry to it, and it would never put it back together. Once you let something leave your lips, it's out there. It is out there forever. And did you know she's transphobic? Mm. She is. Like, let me see when this is from. When is this from? Okay, this is from September 16th, 2018. This is posted on medium.com. And says Cardi B posts transphobic content on social media and then denies it was her. There's a meme, and it's from Ed, Ed and Eddie. Mm-hmm. And it's the dude Ralph, like, Ralph, or whatever it is. Ralph, Ralph, I think. Rolf. Yeah, when he's leaving at the house. Yeah, I can't. I can't even like say his name. <laughs> you were a stale piece of white bread. Yes, I love him. He's so funny. But it says, I hope nobody sees this trainee leave my house. And then she says she didn't do it. She says it was somebody on her team that is no longer there. But then let's talk about it because she issued a warning to her boyfriend Offset at the time that if she if he cheated, she'd have a tranny handle him. She would, and there was a video, I watched it, I got real mad. And I smoked a bowl and was still mad. So you know I was actually mad about it. Fucking, mm-hmm. she's like, like, oh my god, it's so, uh, uh. but she's like, yeah, you know, we'd be having a threesome, and then I let him know his dick was tr- like his dick was sucked by a tranny. What the fuck? You, I'm gonna separate the artist from the person. Sure, you you could oh Kurt all day. I can't make that sound. I tried. I tried right now. It just doesn't happen. <laughs> you can be this big bubbly fucking personality, but once you say I drugged and robbed men, if my boyfriend cheats on me, I'm going to take this person, turn them into a weapon. This person that is their authentic self. And you're going to turn around and act like I'm going to emasculate this man because a transvestite sucked his dick? Fuck you, Cardi B. Why don't you throw a goddamn shoe? Throw a stroller at me. Come on. Let's fucking play. I'm so... I fucking... You are influencing a generation. You have all this power. And you're a piece of shit.
it's just it's just more like a conversation about what goes on in people's past and it gets That's to right. the whole overall separation of the artist thing. It's not another. You let so that leave like, your mouth. It's forever. Dude. And then you bring up Offset, and I think about I think about uh, I think I actually think about Elvin DeGeneres in this case. Not that Elvin DeGeneres is like the spokesperson for like LGBT communications, but like I don't know. This this is just me talking as far as like going off of like face value and like how much we can take things off of face value. And she sits there and goes like, you know. I've had these conversations with people who have made because Offset made some really homophobic shit in the comes in the past too. Uh, I think it had something to do with this dude named How Love McCone who made that song a while back, like Go Club Going Up on a Tuesday. And um it was like it was actually Migos, I think all of them were like questioning like his gangster or whatever because he was gay and they were like, you know, you can't claim both of them. <laughs> and it was it was it really kind of really good. They, they clearly never heard of Mickey Blanca. That's a whole other <laughs> topic. But uh it, it, it gets really weird, and like she'll sit there and talk to him. I guess like you know, when, I, I think uh, let's play devil's advocate and say like maybe they like not maybe, but just like just the saying like okay, here are these people and they've shown that they weren't the greatest people in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, once you get into the entertainment realm, like especially like with like how Offset said that he had his change of opinion, like he was just mm-hmm. on like he was just like donating shit to Ellen DeGeneres charity, didn't have anything to promote when he did it, just. Out, out of the fucking blue, it wasn't tied to the Cardi shit. It was before the Cardi shit. It was just him and Ellen. He's like, oh shit, I suck. I'm I sorry. suck. And, and he had people like Ellen talking to him. The same way Ellen talked to Kevin when she brought Kevin on the show. And was like, look, I can only say that I changed so much as you believe it. Right. Um. And well, and I get that. This I feel like it's possible for them to change in that realm because once you get in that realm, you either have to like start to update your views or get eaten up by Hollywood real quick because there's nothing like Hollywood has one of the, you know, just like one of the biggest employment sectors for LGBT people. And, sure. and you and you have that, and so you really? have to, hmm? Really? Uh, I don't think so. so. Well, you, you're, you're, we only think about uh, as far as like camera facing, but we don't think about like production assistants, wardrobe, um, makeup. We're going to drop that because I'm not going <laughs> to talk about that unless I got the facts in front of facts my face. Facts in front of it, but, it, um, but um, fair enough. But um, when when you are even still when you're around that like you still have a lot of representation of people. You have these sectors where LGBT LGBT people. I'm gonna. This is not the culture like around real far. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna bring you back to where you were though, real quick, because I want to talk about it. Yeah. It's like changing. Changing. Right? Exactly. Changing. Absolutely. You can change. I used to be real mad. I'm still kind of mad now. Not nearly as mad, but like I changed my whole life. I've had different influences i've gone to different things i've done different events i've talked to different people and when i am presented with something and i know like my opinions changed on a lot of stuff and it always has i told you i stopped using the word it's small but i told you this is small as hell i told you i stopped using the word retarded about his past he gets upset 
because it's not who he is anymore, right? He's like, and he's talked about it hundred, hundred, hundred times to people. I did this in my past. I'm sorry for the people that I hurt. And then you turn around, and there's somebody right here, right now, saying, if you cheat on me, I'm going to emasculate you. I never posted that trans thing, but I did drug and rob men. It is happening right now. You know what? If she turns out to be a good person later in life, my opinion of her will change. It's, it's very stagnant right now because of it's what so she's fresh. doing. And it's, it's very recent. Right. It, it's so recent. She's that, like. Not just, the, not just the, the discovery, but the comment she made. Right. The, the, the transphobic she thing she's made in recent. And it's like, you can be this like crazy character. You know, we're talking about Lady Gaga earlier because you think children say Gaga. Like, she started off brown hair, kind of indie, and then she's this giant character, you know, being carried in and out of things. And she has her music, but then she's got her life. It's a separate thing. Yeah. I don't think she wears a meat suit to go to bed. <laughs> I, I wonder what that smells like by the end of the night. I won't. But... She doesn't, like, she made a statement. And then it was done. She can't take that statement back. She's a character. She, she's Mama Monster. Or is that her? Mama Monster? Or is that Christina Aguilera? I don't know what's happening anymore. So everybody's got the propensity to change. I am constantly adapting. I'm constantly changing. If you knew me when I was younger, I said I would never have children. And there's one staring at me right now. No, and I love him. And he he brightened my perspective on everything and things like that. I changed, right? Like, I used to be really angry. I do my best to kind of be a level-headed person now. I don't think that I've ever posted anything really bad that I know of. Maybe. But it's like, if you change, that's cool. Robert Downey Jr. did a bunch of drugs, was a trash person, and then he talks about the future, right? Mm -hmm. Says, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. You know, my past is painful to me, and here I am trying to be a better person. You said, Kevin Hart, you know, all you can do is apologize and move forward and try to be better. Let's talk about the right now. If Cardi B comes out and she says, look, I know that I've made transphobic comments. I want to be an LGBTQ plus ally. I'll take that. You know, in my past, I did things that I'm no longer proud of. I, I told the whole world when I was still angry. She just had a kid, didn't yeah. she? That's, that's the future generation. She's got so much influence. She's got so much influence on all of these people. Ironically, her daughter's name is Culture. <laughs> but uh no we had a conversation before this even started about culture that we probably shouldn't repeat but uh yeah, maybe we will one day so no it's just like if you want to change change you know the only thing you can do everything that you say is permanent you can't take it back if you want to change go for it like my opinions change I will talk to people, I will go to different events, I will immerse myself in something, and sometimes 
like my lack of knowledge about something influences my opinion or honestly I straight up just said I have no opinion about this because I don't know you can change but as of right now she's transphobic she is bragging about drugging and robbing men and then we've got Bill Cosby in his past like he, he drugged and raped women and now his whole life is over and like that's that's where I can't make the divide I can't. I can just. There is none. There's I don't. So, well, I don't have much of an opinion on it because I saw somebody else uh, make a connection between the Bill Cosby thing and Cardi, and I don't really have much of an opinion on that because I don't really see much of a connection. Um, but I can. I get how people make the connection too. Um, I just. I, I. I can't see it. So I don't have much comment on that aspect. But uh, as far as like the changing. Um, I think what we're seeing right now, and you said something about, like, I don't know. But one thing I know that people don't do is, like, just admit when they don't know shit. Like, it's, it's just, like, I say that, and I say, like, what, what distinguishes me when I'm sitting there talking to people and people are, like, uh, trying to, like, uh, if, if whether or not people are trying to boost me or whether or not they're trying to, like, degrade me for this reason as far as, like, me saying, like, me taking opinions on stuff, um, and then they express their opinion. I say it's not because I think I know everything; it's because I don't know anything, and I'm just asking the questions that I want want to be answered. The questions that I don't think are being asked. And if anybody, you know, either if they have an aggression with me, it's because like they don't understand that because they're not in the place yet, but they can say that they don't know things, or they're trying to boost me and go, "Oh, you're so enlightened." I'm like, I'm not really. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying I don't know, and it just kind of feels like common sense that anybody can do to ask questions. And, and so, like, I feel like a lot of people, especially stars in there, play the egos, can't sit there and go, look, I don't know what to do in a situation. I don't know, you know, and I think, I think Cardi, if, my, if you know, this is, everything is conjecture. So my conjecture is, I think Cardi is in a place of transition where she is changing because of stuff like uh, her having this baby and because of the newfound fame, because of her being exposed to more than her little circle block radius. Like, she's not doing videos anymore it's just her and a bunch of blood members <laughs> like waving guns in front of the camera like like everything is transitionary for her and i think i don't know who's the team i don't know who her pr team is i don't know who's trying to get control of the situation she's been deleting her apologies because they didn't come out right that's not another just, it's the same cycle that everybody goes into when they get caught up and they have to defend themselves and so i don't know There's i don't no know defending you know yourself. I, I, I don't know um like what she's I don't know what the what what her or what her and the team is trying to do right now, but like if I had make any kind of guess, if she's if she's actually if she's actually uh, repentant, then then I just think she's in that transition phase. She she's kind of she either she basically would have to kind of learn to kind of do what her husband's yeah. even doing right now, where he stopped going to talking, just listen. If you have nothing good to say, shut just your mouth. Just don't say nothing. Just, like, kind of admit you were wrong and kind of move forward. Because even, like, you know, and, 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 go, and, you know, back to the initial thing about her, like, you know, drug and robbing and different things like that. Like, like once again, I think that's when, when you're trying to, when you're, when, you, when you're trying to change, like, the same reason people are mad, like, people be like, oh, you know, even Cardi with her music is doing this. Like, people be like, oh, Jay-Z doesn't rap about the same thing. This art shit is boring. It's like, well, Hove is in his 40s. Doesn't live in the Marcy Projects anymore, and his interests are going to Milan 
<laughs> or wherever he's at, experiencing the culture, or buying that job, that t-shirt, and trying to and trying to show the young generation like, yeah, here's this famous artist who the world loves, and was doing it for years, even when I was gonna come up that I didn't even know about because I was in my projects. If you would have known about this, you can know that you don't have to rap, do basketball. You can actually draw and get out of this, right. and you can be featured in these music shit. So like when Ho raps about that shit now, that's what he raps about now. When Cardi raps about certain stuff now, she's not having the same so, topic matter as she would in her mixtapes and things of that nature. So even true. the music is changing, and whether or not there's somebody behind the scenes telling her like, "Hey, you can't have guns in the camera," whether that's her or somebody else. I'm sorry, I'm excited. <laughs> I wouldn't let it's her or somebody else telling her to do it. Regardless, she is being forced to change. Bring and back I think now, that she's in the transitionary period. And I think that, that I think that with like with that kind of stuff, when you have stuff like uh, Killer Mike, and he's saying that like, hey, oh, no more Killer Mike. Well, no, this, this is just, just bringing it, connecting it. Just don't. I'm, I'm trying to connect it back to what you said, like. 45 seconds ago, I was trying to interject. Let's talk about circles of influence. Yeah. Right, like, I'm here for you. I put <laughs> two people. <laughs> no, okay, so her circle of influence is shit. And that's the thing. It's like you're exposed to this whole new circle of influence. Embrace it. If you guys can do anything, travel the world. Go try new things, meet new people, get different opinions on life. Because your next door neighbors, like uh, you don't have to travel the world. Because people sitting there, I, I hate people sitting there and say travel the world. Not not saying you, but I, I get where it comes from when they sit there and go get out. Because I believe the same thing. I believe that if people can't afford to travel where they should, but you don't have to do that. It's actually really affordable to just go a few states over, and that can change your whole fucking world perspective. People sitting there and think they have to do do. Like go to Canada, go to Brazil, wherever the fuck. You can just go, even if it's go the most Canada. boring state. Even if it's the most boring state, go there. See if you gotta sit there and go, oh, this kind, of, this state's a piece of shit. At least go there and mm. make that opinion from your own experience. Right, opinions sometimes are based in ignorance, but I will tell you that our friendship oh. here, Benny and what. Enigma. Enigma. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> my real name. I want to just leave it out. Oh, no. <laughs> but, uh, no. We are across the country from where our friendship started. We've traveled 3,000 miles for one, from one place to another to end up where we are. And I'll tell you. Yes, thank you, honey. I will tell you. Like, well, I'm getting excited. I'm going to talk too. That I have seen his opinion change so very much. I used to be very transphobic. Very transphobic. Since you've been here, your opinion has changed so much. I met him and he talked to me and he made me mad. And I think that's really the only time I've ever been mad at him. What is this? What is that? And it started our friendship. Oh, I don't remember what it was. <laughs> Right, like you wanted... It's probably some sexy shit. That's, I don't even remember what it was, but you said something and your opinion was just so off base from my experience that I dressed you down. I was like, who the fuck are you to say this? Do you have any idea? And you were like, not really, no. Like, cool, so let me tell you what my opinion, what my experience of this is. And even since he's been here, like... His opinions are always shifting. 
always changing. He's grown so much. How long have we known each other? I stopped counting years, to be honest with you. It's so, so. Nine years? Probably. It was, it was almost started, a decade, if not a decade. Was I a freshman in college when I met you? I was. And I was probably in like my uh, sophomore, junior year. Yeah, so it's been nine years, and you've grown exponentially as a person. Your opinions have changed. We've talked about things. We've hashed things out, and that's what you have to do. And I've been around all sorts of different people. Like, we had a completely different friend set, like a whole different kind of friend group. I was actually about to connect that to exactly what you were saying. So, like, the circle and the bad influences. Like, because I grew up mostly around women. And then my dad passed, raised my single mother, still around mostly women, being handed off where she can watch me to the next aunt's house or the next family friends, always women. <laughs> and then, like, coming up and sitting there thinking that I had to, like, I was like, you know, you know, and it doesn't help the kind of, like, culture that we do produce. Like, I get in, I get in school, and it's like, I'm a little bit too feminine. And, and all of a sudden, I'm not, like, you know, Manly enough, and so I start doing shit that could easily, you know, easily, you know, if it, it was if it was today, I have no doubt that like I have like I think I probably had charges up against me about some of the shit that I did, like where I've sat there sexually assaulted women, like groping friends, and it's always it's always starts off people sit there thinking you're doing strangers, it's always the same shit, friends, and then they sit there, and if it's a, if it's a woman, I've been taught this by talking to women, why do they sit there smiling and laughing? It's because they're afraid to say no to you. Shit like that and being this, around. This motherfucker groped me on his 21st birthday, drunk as shit, and I hit him in the throat. Shit like that needs to happen. Like, that was me, and I said, nigga, even after I took up this feminist stand, still doing all this stupid shit. That was after you took up this I'm just feminist stand, doing all stupid shit because I still didn't change my circle. Still sitting there running, still, still, when I sit there and go, I don't know if I should have done that, and I have a dude sitting there and go to me, oh, no, no, it was fine. She laughed. Shit in my 20s after the feminist practice. So, like, that shit can still Girls, sit there and talk about Follow me. We're going to start a revolution. <laughs> you, you don't don't laugh when they grow the velociraptor sound. <laughs> and then start swinging. Sure, and I, I had you say something to me. I had another female say something. Another woman say something to me. A uh, friend back then. Um, and, it, and she didn't even have to be on the... She's on the complete opposite political end of the, end of the political spectrum. It's like you. Or like, I mean, she is like Confederate flag raven. Uh, everybody's a thug kind of you, person. Like she's waving or raving. raving I thought you said raving. raving. And I just had this she was one of the people that when like Mike Brown got shot, she would she would do the classic racist shit where she would put up the person who wasn't Mike Brown and like it can circulated. You, and can you imagine like Confederate <laughs> flag rave? <laughs> rave. <laughs> like, I was dancing. Ignore me. This is someone who's very conservative. Who 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 who, who is in the shows you that share woman experience? Where she confronted me and went, I did not like that. You know, this is what you did. You know, this is what I. This is this is how it came off, and this is how I reacted the way I did. But I feel like I could come to you and say it because if I say it to any of the other guys, I'm gonna be looked at as crazy. But I need you to know, I did not like that. And if you're gonna continue to be around me, you're gonna stop doing that. Exactly. And this, is like, this is a very conservative. So you can't sit there and go, "Oh, it's nothing but liberal woman complaining." No, it's a very <laughs> conservative woman who said this to me and confronted me. So this can happen, or this is a shared female experience. And so I like, like that you're talking about the shared female experience <laughs> that you're an asshole. 
I was I was a complete asshole. Like, and it was weird because like I was sitting there, and I'm gonna have like, and I have people talk to me now about like in in retrospect, bro, like uh, who saw me doing this shit, women who are still my friends, that, like who can sit there and see between it where, uh, and it shows you how some, and this is why I think people can change. My son is laughing, not crying. <laughs> if you actively want it, where um, I was perceptive to that. <laughs> I was perceptive to that and he said I could be perceptive to want to change and so I would have these women who who would like uh, I don't know who who still to this day would sit there and be like because uh, I have my own issues where I uh, have self confidence and that can influence a lot of the decisions people make as well uh, even Cardi um, where uh, they sit there and they talk to me and they'll sit there and go, oh, like, you're a decent person. You've always been a decent person. But you can no. be a decent person <laughs> and still, like, have your fucked up flaws that can completely negate who you are as a person. Right. It's what you, like, 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 like my therapist said to me, it's like, there's a whole thing about who you are versus what you do. It doesn't matter who you say you are. It's your actions that you got to be graded by. And so right. you always have a choice within any situation. You can be in any, you can have people and forces working against you. But you always make your own choice. Nobody ever forces you to do anything. Speaking of therapy, here's some advice. I think a lot of times we get really mad because we hold people to the same standard that we hold ourselves to. And I think that as long as you try to assume everybody is doing their best you'll have a better outlook because me doing my best it it may not be my best like the same best every day and my best may not be as good as your best but it's like it's like uh, it's not really practice you're, you're talking about outside influences Yay. and no changing is practice true Changing is practice, and it's also it's like it's dedication, it's determination, it's falling down, getting back up. Like if I know somebody, because I I don't even know what my label is. Like sexually, oh. I'm down for kind of millennial thing. Isn't that isn't that a new millennial thing to not have labels? Well, no, because like <laughs> I'm kind of down. I'm with, so with everything. I'm like, hey, what's up? How you doing? I thought it was just called pan. Is it? I think pan is where you're just sitting to everything. You don't have you don't, you don't you don't see any kind of gender. You don't really see you I don't mean, you don't see much. You I just literally, know if it looks good to you and you're down with it. Right, I'm like, I literally see it. <laughs> but see, but like yeah, even I can be gross sometimes, you know, I can say things and I might hurt somebody, but my my version of my best that day is like apologizing and trying to rectify it. And some days shit will beat you down or it'll be beating the other person down. Maybe somebody spilled their coffee on them. Maybe they ran out of gas on the way to work and had to push their car into the the gas thing. I'm really just talking about my life right now. <laughs> but uh like yeah, like there there's some hey. Yes, hey. hi. Hey. I agree. I agree, Mom. There are outside influences that are gonna gonna happen every single day, and if you assume that people are doing their best always, sometimes their best doesn't translate to you. You hold everybody accountable to the same things that we hold ourselves accountable to, and a lot of times I don't think that we take a second to try to understand what's important to the other person, and like 
in my opinion, there are some things that are inherently wrong. Drugging and robbing people is one of them. But, like, you know what? If her best that day was trying to craft an apology and realizing it was bad and taking it down until she got it right, that was her best that day. I just hope that she starts to do better. Um, that's that's basically what we get into uh, as far as uh, going like like getting outside of your own box and get outside of your own like. Especially when you can kind of, kind of start seeing that the influences around you and the things you're saying aren't even you know aren't even being supported by the people who support you. Like the people who support you aren't even on your side. You know, like this Cardi B thing. Like the people who support her, they're still they're going like even when they have to support her, they're going. No, we don't agree with anything she did. <laughs> We're only trying to defend who she is now. So, like, uh, um, that's what I think. Like, right now, she's doing the regression again inside of the box, where she used to sit there and do, like, all this blood, blood, blood videos, and, and no, nobody's better than, you know, you can't go against the blood culture, this and that, and the third. She's doing mo- videos that, like, motherfuckers call Blueface now. Uh, this dude out from Cali, uh, who's a, who, who his album is called Famous Crip. <laughs> and then they sit there and they do a video where he's dressing his his uh, crypt decor. She's dressing her blood decor, and they're doing. You know, there's a lot of a lot of rappers do that where they sit there and they get outside of that one mile block radius to see. Oh, why am I even fighting? How stupid is it for me to fight somebody over a color? And they get outside of that to the point where, where Killer Mike sat, satirized it for his Netflix show and went like, "Hey." Like, y'all just kind of stop to ask, like, why? And then you ever try to, like, get out of this lifestyle? You try to think about trying to switch the reins? Like, if the uh, fucking uh, Hell's Angels can sit there and go, ah, we don't, we don't really like this style of life. Like, we don't want to, like, we can't just disband because everybody knows who the fuck we are. We got it tatted on us. <laughs> but, like, we can at least kind of, like, rebrand the image and kind of transition out of this lifestyle. And that takes getting outside of your comfort zone and doing different things and having people critique what you're doing now. And I think, I think Cardi B is going to go through that same kind of thing. She sees she has to rebrand, and whether or not, even whether if it is not genuine, she's going to ultimately change regardless because she has to adapt to this this lifestyle and be around these people and have these fans. And and inevitably, if you care about even if, even though all you care about is your craft and like the money, you're gonna start to kind of wake up to be able to change yourself to even associate with the people who are supporting you in the first place. And I think she's going, she's starting to realize that and going through that period. Um, but yeah. And so the next topic, <laughs> I don't really have a transition from there. Uh, uh, well, it might be able to transition. Uh, we're talking about getting outside of like comfort zones and trying different things. Uh, Jordan Pill made a comment that set some people off <laughs> about uh, not casting. Uh, he said he didn't think he, he didn't see himself casting a white lead in any of his films in the future or anytime soon, at least. And uh, yeah, for me. Well, I already got some bias coming into this. I, I listen to a podcast called So Many White Guys. So I don't even want to, like, start off <laughs> on my end, necessarily, except to say, uh, I guess I want to say me, he's looking at me panicked because I'm outside smoking a cigarette. He's like, ah! 
No, I'm just chilling like this. Like this is this is the solo. This is you're a guest, so I'm gonna be talking to this <laughs> solo anyway. Uh, I'm just grabbing my thoughts. I'm just looking at you. Um, for me, uh, coming from a place where my media growing up didn't match, not only what was, I think, the, uh, the normal culture, or what, 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 whatever is mainstream culture, but also didn't like a lot of the stuff that was within my own culture. And I had to find the things that kind of stood out to me. And one of those things for me was horror. And I don't know what people think, but thinking as far as horror never being much of a genre, a serious genre, uh, but it's always kind of been that way. Even from the inception, it's always been horror was turning the face on what plagues us most as humans and just taking it to the extreme. The same way comedy does it, the same way drama does it. Uh, Mary Shelley, Mary Shelley was doing her Frankenstein. Yeah, I'm not gonna sit there and explain to y'all. I, I know it's gonna be just boring. I'm an English major, so I'm not gonna sit there and go this down the literary rabbit hole about the social commentary and Mary, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. But horror has always been something for social commentary. And if you want to talk about modern horror and say that it's not a modern horror, I can easily revert you to the works of George A. Romero, Rod Serling. You literally just said you weren't gonna go down the rabbit hole. I think the best thing about horror as a genre, though, it's like some things are scary, you know, clowns, things like that. But it's like, I think the best horror is horror that depicts what you're afraid of as a person. At some point, we, we stop thinking about the monsters under the bed or the monsters in the closet and think about the monsters in the real people. You don't get a home security system for living there. <laughs> you don't. You're worried about I other mean, humans. I don't think a security system would stop the bush man. You just like come out from under exactly. your bed. Exactly. <laughs> He's already there. No, but yeah, and it's just like, okay, you're not going to cast a white dude as a lead. Cool. You know, I think Get Out, like, I liked it. I did. And I don't think that you necessarily need. To cast a white person, like what is the purpose? What is the purpose of casting a white person in a horror film? I don't, I don't know. Like what? There's so many. And, 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 and I was coming up seeing this stuff. I'm loving this stuff because I'm loving because it, it. I could easily. I don't know what it was, but I could always see even before I started studying this shit. I could see that something was being said, and it kind of related to something that I saw in life, but I just didn't have the words to be, to put to put it. Out there, I was younger. I didn't know what, how to like form my words and say why I was so enthralled by this because I didn't care about the blood and gore. I was really interested in where this story was going, what we were going to say next. And drink some of that, your voice is getting dry. That's why I handed it to my mom to shit out of But, uh, so, uh, and keep also keep in mind, Jordan Bell didn't just, just volunteer this information, it was pulled out of him. I was like, why do you keep doing this? And I was like, look, motherfucker, you're going to keep asking me these questions about why I'm casting people that this way and, and you're gonna ask if I'm gonna like cast somebody who's non-white keep if I'm gonna keep doing this consecutively yes because I didn't see that growing up and that's kind of how I felt growing up when I was sitting there and I would I would go it felt maybe me feel some kind of way especially like and you know that I well, you met me when I was hanging around primarily white people yeah uh, so when I was sitting there and like I said 
you you gain friends by the like shared interest and shit. So like I liked the horror and the sci-fi. And and I had people, you know, I had like I said, in my own culture, I had people sitting there telling me like, oh, like you like that weird shit. Like I can't really get down with that, can't get down with you. And so I had to gravitate towards people who were accepting me, at least at that time they were accepting me. Um and but I would feel some kind of way coming out of these horror movies and stuff, and they'd be kind of like, uh, and they talk about all the different stuff they connected to. And then like I'm just kind of sitting there, and I'm like, it's cool, that was cool. I'm like, didn't you like that part? And then, eh. and then like, yo, oh, you know, oh, uh, what did you, what did you, uh, what did you connect to? And I would sit there and I like elaborate on something, and I connected to some real life shit. And they go, like, oh, why does everything got to be about race? So I'm like, the movie did. <laughs> the movie didn't make maybe it was all white people in it, but like I mean honestly, that's such a like shitty case because so many white creators have made allegories like Stan Lee like there's this so there's this precedent for Stan Lee with the X Men being Mark being Magneto being Malcolm X and Professor X being Martin Luther King they were but they knew they had to put a different face on shit or else it wouldn't be put out there. There's a reason George Romero when he made Night. Of the Living Dead can only have one black dude in it. And he had a famous line out of it where he goes, You may be the boss up there, but I'm the boss in here. You can tell me what to do outside of the shit where it says whites only, this and that, this and another, blah, 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 blah. But I'm the only one who knows how to fucking deal with these zombies right now. And I'm the one in charge of this house. And there's a reason that he was the end, you know, like it, the only one living at the end. And then he still got shot. <laughs> when they found the motherfucker, the only dude left, it was a black dude. Still got shot. <laughs> and this is George Edward Murrow making this commentary. And so, like, like when I'm sitting there seeing this different stuff, and I, and I, and I say this stuff to people now, and they, or back then, whatever, and they go, oh, no, you're seeing shit where it doesn't, where there's nothing there. I'm like, okay, we'll see. And now the conversation's changed. Big motherfuckers are like, Jordan Peele gets, like, uh, critiques. It was like, oh, it's too on the nose. It was like, well, do we have time for Sullivan right now? Right, and I think that, <laughs> you know, I think subtlety is sometimes, sometimes to great. be applauded. But, like, if you want to talk about a real human experience, humans, <laughs> we're not fucking subtle. We tell you how it is. We tell you what we want. We, we speak. We have the power of language. We are not, we're not subtle, ever. We never have been. And talking about him having that pulled out of him, he's like, this is what I want to make. I want to be a respected filmmaker. I want, I don't see myself casting it. That, that's that's a creative decision. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Hollywood's not a fortune. If Hollywood, like, Hollywood productions aren't like cops where you have to follow certain hiring standards. It's like, no, you, you hire actors to represent the characters you wrote. If right. the character you wrote is Indian and you want to cast the Indian person, they do that. They've had a long history of not casting Indian people in Indian roles or Latino people in Latino you roles. You should have so seen let's... my face before he started saying something else. I was like, oh, we have a problem here. I was gonna like, 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 do you have like we have this long history of like, no, I don't see people that look like me. And if a director wants to sit in there and make people who look like also it pisses me off that people keep forgetting that the motherfuckers have white raised by a, a white single mother. So his predominantly the same way like your son is gonna probably like have a predominantly like white culture background coming up like that's just what it is like you know it's, it's you know if he if he it, 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 it depends on who's gonna be around you and, and you also like 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 you put him around me 
So obviously he's gonna have like different perspectives coming up for his mixed heritage. It's gonna be whatever comes around. And My then son. George Hill had to obviously grow into the perspective that he did because all he had coming up was daily interaction with his white mother. So I guarantee you his white mother wasn't sitting there all you know, like you know, she probably made him proud of his white heritage, but there's only so much that she can give to him. He had to discover his heritage on his own. Same way your son had to discover whatever he identifies with whatever he wants to be growing up, he'll have to come up with his own identity. Well, so and Jordan Pill yeah. and Jordan you look at King and Michael King, if you want to talk about stereotypes and shit like that, King and Michael Key is also mixed. They were doing King and Pill together and King Key is probably more on the white side of the spectrum of his mixed heritage when you hear him talk and the things he does. So it, it, it really depends on like what they're trying to set forth to do. Jordan Pill was saying like, hey, I feel misrepresented. I don't see I didn't see much uh, coming up for me where I had a good perspective of my black side and I need to get to that and I, and, I, and, I, and I had to find that and I need other people to understand that I understand where they're coming from and that I hear their stories and I'm going to tell their stories. This is what talking to an English major is like sometimes the door is just green. <laughs> it is. And I'm like talking about my son my son is around a lot of inspiring individuals all sorts of different everything like I he's gonna be whoever he wants to be and that's fine I'm just gonna make sure he's not shitty that's my job but like let's talk about that like you said you know it was pulled out of him he didn't he didn't want to sit there and say like I don't see myself casting a white dude I've already seen that movie right and everybody has like I grew up on the worst horror movies ever, like Lake Placid, <laughs> things like that. <laughs> the main <laughs> character is an alligator. Crocodile. Their faces are different, but I don't know. But like he, that was pulled out of him. Let's talk about. Let's talk about. It's not really horror, but it is the spooky aesthetic. We're in March. Am I supposed to say spooky? Because that's the name. <laughs> the March is the spooky meme. But, uh, no, let's talk about Tim Burton. Uh, he was asked by why Miss Peregrine's Home... What is the name of that movie? Miss Peregrine's Home? For Big Bird Children or something like that. I know what you're talking about. For unique individuals. I don't know what the name is called. And that that's a pretty white movie. Gonna tell you that. And they asked him why. And he says... Now, I'm quoting Tim Burton, don't at me. He says, nowadays people are talking about it more, he says, regarding on-screen diversity, but things either call for things or they don't. I remember back when I was a child watching the Brady Bunch and they started to get all politically correct. Like, okay, let's have an Asian child and a black. I used to get more offended by that than just... I grew up watching black exploitation movies, right? And I said, that's great, I don't like... I didn't go like, okay, there should be more white people in these movies. So, he, I think that Tim Burton is not an orator, but I understand where he's coming from. I think some people come from good places and just say stupid shit. Right. But I think Tim Burton... That's the opposite side, yeah. right? I don't want to cast a white dude. My movies don't call for black people. Tim Burton does a lot of shit where, like, I, when he... When he I'll take, for example, because uh, he, he, he doesn't ignore the other. 
when people see it out there in society, he's talking about he he was probably the emo kid literally growing up in my thing. No, he grew up in America. He's American, isn't he? His wife, he loves a lot of British people, but I think he's actually American. So he probably definitely got bullied over here um, <laughs> <laughs> for being an emo kid. But um, especially before emo When did we start popular, calling emotional people emo? <laughs> exactly, before emo shit was a thing. And it was just like, you know. Like, I was a little goth kid. When, when, he, when, <laughs> when he's coming up and he has shit like, uh, I, I, I've always seen Edward Scissorhands as like autobiographical. A little bit for Tim Burton. I don't know his whole life story, but it, it most writers write from a place of personal interest. So if it's not autobiographical, personal it's from interest. Personal interest and personal That's experience. Personal interest, personal experience. And I'm not to say that some people don't discriminate when they do shit, but Tim Burton, I don't feel like is a discriminatory person because, like, it, like it's like, like, like I said, like with him and and, and uh, Edward Scissorhands, like even if even if it wasn't him, it might have been like this emo friend or whatever, like this <laughs> other person. It was my emo you know, friend who had scissors friends. <laughs> you know, moving it like because before that he did uh, Vincent, where the kid wanted so desperately to be Vincent Price, and his mother was like, "Go outside and be you." Like you don't have to like live up to this image. You can like your weird shit and not have to like not have to feel the need to like emulate these people. I um, like a lot of weird shit, <laughs> a lot like weird, like macabre stuff. I love it, but then. My house is full of squeaky, light-up baby toys, and also bones hanging on the wall. If, if Tim Burton grew up, if Tim, Tim Burton made those movies in the 80s, right? So that means he grew up 60s, 70s. Jesus, I can't imagine what it's like being a fucking gothic kid in the 60s and 70s when you don't fit in any culture. You're not a part of, you're not part of the counterculture. You're not part of free love. You're not part of the mainstream. I can picture my shit. dad from, like, the very, very early, like, Maybe late 80s and like short shorts. I'll show it to you one day. It's bad. It, it, it's the same way Tim Burton. <laughs> and he was probably like the white kid, ostracized, but in his probably, you know, his probably predominantly white neighborhood in the suburbs. Like I was ostracized by other white kids. In Virginia. <laughs> for being a goth kid in the country. What's up? And so that's his friend. That. And, and if you want to sit there and talk about like the racism in it, or whatever, if, 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 if you want to see it, it's not racism. That's probably a bad one. If you want to yeah. sit there and talk about the othering in it, othering. it's always white people othering other white people in his movies. So he's not sitting there like saying, like, here's this. If anything, he always critiques the mainstream. Like, here are these fucking people trying to act like they got it all together, and they don't. And here are us gothic emo kids going, life is kind of fucked up. <laughs> we like Edgar Allan Poe because he also wrote like it's kind of fucked up and put him in the fucking alcoholic sewer, and and that was like, that was like a real roundabout. But like like that's that's the kind of shit they're into, and that's the kind of shit like that got them, you know, sitting there and seeing a, the underbelly of society got them ostracized for acknowledging that, and that's what he talks about those experiences. So when he sits there and goes, these are the people who were othering X Y Z. This is who I saw. When I sit there, when, when, think, think about what the, the commentary he's talking about, if the Puritan, Puritarian, Puritarian? Puritan? Puritanism. I know Puritanism is a word. Um, I can't, like, I can't think of the word, but basically uh, it's kind of like Christian exceptionalism, Christian exceptionalism, where you have, like, the corpse bride, right? Right. And that was, like, really Victorian, she, you gotta get married. Really posh. Like, we have no money. A lot of shit that you can sit there and like pinpoint a lot of the same kind of ideals now. 
Oh, especially now, now. <laughs> the wedding vows are that beautiful, though. I must say, even though he married, it looked like a tree, but it was a deadly. So he's spoilers. So this whole movie, with his like gothic aesthetic and the anti culture, he's critiquing um, puritan. I wish I knew the fucking word. But he's critiquing like that Anglo-Saxon. Uh, he that, that's what that's exactly what it is. When he's sitting, he do Victorian shit. He's, he's talking about that. that, that kind he's of critiquing the old money versus the new money versus like the status quo, all of that, the case system, caste system, case system. Like he's critiquing the whole entire thing. Yes, darling. If he, if he, if does he, Victorian he, England make you mad? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. If he, if he grew up in any other, if he grew up in China, it would be critiquing like communist ideals. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what that his reality would be. The same way Pharrell has I Am Other Now. He's, and he, and he, and he, and he, and y'all, y'all want to talk, if you want to, you know, be liberal mad and, and whatever, saying like, uh, uh, you know, about the Tim Burke situation, uh, and saying he's racist, Pharrell did with I Am Other. And he talked about new black stuff. Remember when y'all got mad about Pharrell saying that he was new black? Yeah, I remember. Kendrick Lamar did it. <laughs> I got a few cases for you. Um, they, and they're critiquing other black culture, other black people in that culture. Uh, Tim Burton's only doing it for his. You know, if Tim Burton's presented with the right script, I'm sure he'll work with you know people outside of that. But he's only coming from a perspective that he knows. You know. And that's what—that's how we all tell stories. We tell stories from perspectives that we know. I told you that I was in jail with a bunch of prostitutes. That was a story that I knew from my perspective. That influenced how I felt about Cardi B. The way that I grew up, how I was ostracized, like, moving from place to place as part of a military family. Yeah, that influences me. Coming out over here when I was old enough to... To decide I didn't like living in Virginia. I love all of you there. I just don't like the place. I don't love all of you. Well, I mean, (laughs) the people that were cool to me, I like you. And the people that were not cool to me, I'll catch you outside. How about that? But, uh, there's cash. Man, I suck at this. But it's like, yeah, my stories come from my perspective. I have always seen people... Like, the craft, like, I've been represented. I don't actually have magical powers. I wish I did. But it's like, you know, like, my aesthetic has been represented. The things that I have gone through have been represented. And I want to see everybody be represented. I am part of the LGBTQ, like, community. And, like, so... My opinions today are obviously influenced by that. I'm upset by transphobic comments. I don't care that he want, doesn't want to cast a white dude. I would love to see something from somebody else's perspective because that's what I said. I said, go travel the world, see other people's perspectives. He said, go travel the country. I'm just saying, there's like really good food and stuff outside of the United States. But, um, no, it's just like everything we do all the time is influenced by where we are. And speaking to this English major next to me, everybody reads a book from a different perspective. Everybody watches a movie from a different perspective. Like, 
I will react one way based on what's happened to me. You will react another way based on what's happened to you. We all have trauma. We all have triggers. And I think that it's time for everybody to be represented. It really is. Like, I just, it's been so long that everything has been dominated by, like, that one type of thing. And it's, we've run out of stories to tell. Everything's being remade. Maybe it's time for a new fucking perspective. Yeah, like, uh, if you want to talk about, like, Tim Burton is somebody who has questionable casting check if you look at the context of his stuff. And time settings, different things like that. If you look, if you want to find somebody to critique the as like questionable casting methods, look at Wes Anderson. Don't critique Wes Anderson. Don't critique Jordan Peele. Don't critique uh, uh, Tim Burton. Look at fucking Wes Anderson. This is me liking Wes Anderson flicks, but his shit doesn't ca- call you know for as monotone as it being. Like, go critique that person, but like, kind of look at the context of what's going on and think before you speak as far as like. Representation, what's the actual representation, and who's ignoring what? Um, because, like, uh, like I already said, my just my piece of the pill. Um, if you want to get mad at what pill's doing, I mean, you gotta you gotta really step back and think of what you're getting mad about. Because Jared Apatow does it for Jewish comedians, and I get why. Because when you come from his probably upbringing, a parent, his parents had to go through. His parents' generation is probably. I want to say Stan Lee's generation, if not a generation removed. But even then, he still has stories from his grandparents who went through what Stan Lee had to do. What Stan Lee had to change. A lot of y'all probably didn't know this. Stan Lee is not his real name. And Stan Lee had to change it from like Lebo Wotlowski. I feel horrible as a nerd that I don't know this, how to pronounce his last name. But he had to change it because he was living in New York and trying to be in the comic book industry. Trying to be in the literary industry where they weren't any industry where they did not fuck with Jewish people. Like, new, like the country was horribly anti-Semitic. And so if John Apatow wants to live in a time where then, you know, is not as anti-Semitic of the country now, still pretty in some sectors, very anti-Jewish. Um, Why do we suck? <laughs> but if John Apatow wants to cast Seth Rogen and Jay Baruchel and and different people like that, and celebrate his people who were not celebrated not even a whole hundred years ago. And and their stories haven't been in the story, and their stories haven't been in the media other than uh, fucking concentration camps and shit like that. Like they don't want to see the same the same way that Jordan Pell is trying to cast these black people in the movie because we're tired of slave narratives. Watch Jeff the Apatow's boy. Fucking tired of like people sitting there thinking that the only story they have to tell is about. Uh, how they had to escape the Nazis. It's a great story to tell, but we have other stories we need to tell them, and that's what Jed Apatow is doing. That's what Jordan Peele is doing. Let these people represent their people and critique the people who are actually not casting the right people in stories that call for diversity. Speaking of running from the Nazis and stuff like that, although he just said that's a story that's been told a thousand times, watch The Boy in the Striped Pajamas. If you don't cry, <laughs> something is wrong with you. But like, and 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 and, and, not, and not to say that those shows to be made. If there's new story, if there's new interesting uh, concentration camp stories, new interesting slave Ooh. stories, they're gonna be told. And even still, the new thing is maybe let the people who have a stake in it tell it. Like everybody loves Steven Spielberg. I love Steven Spielberg. 
But, you know, even Steven Spielberg knew that when he made The Color Purple, he shouldn't be the only one behind the camera. And so he therefore he made himself not the only one behind the camera. He brought in voices to help him tell these black stories. So even he knows when he takes another narrative that's not his, he has to kind of like represent people the right way, not just in front of the camera, but behind it. You need and the right perspective. The, you need the right perspectives for the right stories. That's all Jordan Peele's doing. That's all Judd Apatow would do for you fucking anti-Semites out there who think that Hollywood is being run by Jewish people. Like, get the fuck over it. <laughs> people who don't have their stories told are finally getting to a point, especially now when they can produce it. Also keep this in mind. Uh, it's not your fucking money. If you didn't take Hollywood's money, guess what Monkey Paw Productions is? It's Jordan Peele's production company. So he funds the movies. He goes out and finds the money for these stories. So if he can find the money for these stories, and y'all also like to sit there and go, when they change the race of people, even though that's a whole other country for a different day, when they change the race of people for adaptations and shit like that, it's like, oh, get your own characters. Guess what Jordan Peele did? He made his own fucking characters with his own fucking money. So get over it. Like, just get over it. Like, your movies aren't in the theater, so, you know, show We all gotta stop being mad <laughs> You got YouTube, you got all this different shit now. People make their own shit every day. So the same way y'all been telling us to make our own shit, and we're doing it now, finally, with our own money, with our own sources, and our own fucking, like, circles and shit. You know, if you want, you know, whatever your cause is to be sown, get your camera, get on YouTube, get out there. I don't have any money. I'm sitting here recording a fucking podcast. I don't want my voice out there. I don't want to try to get out and work for people. I also do YouTube, but I have a giant <laughs> scar on my face right now. I, something happened, and my eye was really messed up. So I will post this on all of my social media stuff after I listen to it, because I don't know. But yeah, like, and, and, and if anything, if I can even tie the two topics together... Somehow, in some kind of way, it's the fact that, like, times are changing. <laughs> times are changing, uh, and people have to change with it. And we see what happens when you don't change the time. It's, it's, it's the story is old as day. Like, you, you get swept up in history. Also, we see when people do change with time, but people change badly with time. Change, change badly with time. You right. want to be on the right side of history, you want to be on the wrong side of history. And that's the thing, and it's just like everything is so subjective. History is written by the winners. You know what I mean? And now we have been a time where people can who who've historically lost. They call it historical. Uh, I think I learned about it in school. It's like historical fiction, where they take shit that may not be necessarily a true story, but it's like they base it in time. I'm not saying that like get out and show this. No, like yeah, that, it's historical fiction when it's based in a time with some facts and then some extrapolation. But even in the same like, even in the same kind of like path going it's just saying it's just to say in general like people who historically have not had the time to tell their own stories like uh, Stonewall with the LGBT movement though that, that, that group of people get together not, even though a lot of people didn't like the Stonewall movie that came out at least people from at least there were people from that culture were able to get together put their own money towards them and be able to finally tell their story so now the losers get to tell their stories too and show you that hey uh, what you think you know might not actually be the case. I wouldn't really, yeah. I mean, I said losers. Maybe that's not the best term to say for them. But the people who, you know, like we have like eight bajillion words in the English language, and we have only ever use some of them. Yeah. <laughs> and it me sometimes. <laughs> no, uh, but we're gonna wrap this up. Yeah. And we're yeah, gonna. We said what we had to say anyway. So. We yeah, <laughs> and we might have talked in circles because that's kind of what we do. But we hope that you followed us. 
Yeah. And at the end of the day, be better people. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Just be the be the best person that you can be, and try not to hold other people to your standards too much. We're our own worst critics. And Don't be too hard on yourself either. Like, right. if you think, like, a lot of people stop trying to change because they think, oh, this is it. This is over. I can't, I can't get any better. Everybody's against me. As long as you're doing the best you can. This is how I am. Deal with it. No, you, you I'm know, not You have to it. practice. And, and that's harder than it says, but just know that we all fuck up. We can all practice to be better. And it's just, and, and that's all we can, that's all, even if people don't judge by this standing, you know in your heart of hearts that you can only be judged by the effort you put forth. And you know if you're not putting the effort forth. So, put the effort forth. From your favorite internet mom. <laughs> Just try to be the best version of you today and make it a better version of you tomorrow. And, uh, you know, don't drive me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, this is Strange Thoughts. This is your host, Enigma. 